Amen. That's the God we serve. That's who he is. He not only is able, he is more than able. For every circumstance, for every circumstance, and he's able to accomplish in us that the plan and purpose that he's that he's got for us. How 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 big, how great is is your God? How how big and how great is my God? You know, I've read the book. I know what it says. But do I really know? And you know, I've, uh, it, it's for me, I've been uh, sort of meditating and looking up the ability of God and letting that challenge me. Because uh, our spiritual growth is governed by the greatness of our God. Hmm. Say, that again, say that again, Evelyn, say that again. It's not mine, it was out of somewhere. Our spiritual growth is governed by the greatness of our God. Your spiritual growth is governed by the greatness of your God. Yeah, that, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you think of the church in China, with, with the persecution, you know, this, not based on any fact, but it's just my sense that where the church is un under persecution, their God is great. Because he's all that they have to hang on to. Yeah. They're dependent upon God for their, their breath, their everything. Yeah. We have become, you know what we've become. And globally, you know, a lot of with computers, we have modes uh, that make things able. We have buttons that disable things. God is not disabled. <laughs> He's not on pause. He's not been deleted. That's the mouthpiece from the world that's saying God is disabled. Listen to our agenda, but he is not disabled. He is more than able. And I did a lovely word study on it. And uh, I've benefited from that. <laughs> and you know, just one thing it talks about, Paul talks about the mystery and it's the mystery you see of it's the mystery of the causes and to dig deeper and to dig deeper and that it's laid all through uh, the old testament the clues are there and but they were finally revealed in jesus christ and paul was given such a download of what that mystery was and that the words that he uses to to explain that uh, uh phenomenal and Paul says again in Ephesians, he made known to us the mystery, the mysterion of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And, uh, yeah, he wants to do so much more. And, yeah, I followed Asbury passionately because it's personal. Because I have here my Asbury College mom mug. <laughs> because that's where Alistair, my eldest son, went wow. to, to university. Wow. And so it feels personal what's going on there. I've got a picture on the first day with the 1600 students, all with their fearless, their, their class was called Fearless, the 2007. And they're all on the steps of the Hughes Auditorium that the move of God began in. 
or all, you know, I, I could have brought it, it's about, about this big. So it's personal. I know the campus. I know the little town of Wilmore. There's nothing there. <laughs> There's a Dollar General store and a subway and a little cafe down the road. There's, there's nothing, it's tiny, it's down in southern Kentucky, it's beautiful, but there's nothing there. That, and yet that's where God has chosen to, to break out again. And praise God. You know? And, uh, you know, can I just give you some of the, the history because it is significant. Those of you that, that love to read about revival or have been to places of revival, I have, or gone to, to places where revivalists have been. And we're in a city that has had a revivalist. There are places of significance, places of moves of God. There are thin places. Lindisfarne is one, Iona's another, the west coast of Ireland. There are thin places all over where God has moved before. And uh, there is something about Kentucky, and yes, there are rednecks in Kentucky, but there's something that God loves in Kentucky. And uh, in the 1800s, there's, and this is all near where the Asbury uh, campus is, there was a Red River Revival, and that was led by a man called James McGreedy. There was a, a sacrament service, and it was also the Presbyterian and, and, and Scottish and things like that. And that went on to to May 18, from June 1800 to May 1801. And it attracted such people. There was a man that was attracted to it. You think, where the heck's this woman going? And he was called Francis Asbury. And he uh, had come from, from Britain. And it's a Methodist college. Uh, Methodist University, and under Wesley, he was sent as a missionary to, he was a circuit rider, and that means he had probably lots of horses and would go around to the far different places, which there, there are sort of wild places over there, uh, planting and establishing circuits. That's a group of churches in Methodist parlance. And so, yeah, an English miss missionary and actually a bit earlier in McGreedy came to Kentucky and this is what I read, he said, the ministries will be a curse to each other, the people too. Good people and good land are not so easily matched together. And yet God used this man that had cursed that area for a move of God at Red River. And then in 1801, there was another one in August, there was a Cane Ridge, which again is near Asbury in Kentucky where there were 10 meetings, and that's where they began. And you get 10 to 20,000 people turning up to the tent missions. That area is, is a place of significance. And I know that, um, so Asbury College was founded in 1890, and it's named after Francis Asbury, somebody who carried the, the presence of God. But I just thought you might find that, that interesting. And... Uh, you know, uh, some of you I know have heard uh, Dutch Sheets on, on what God were, was saying to him. Um, and it's quite a while ago, but that he felt that the Lord was saying that the, the spirit is going to fall on the young people, that it will be a grassroots, a grassroots movement, that it will be one where there's no, no name, there's no leader, but it will just uh, be organic in the way that it, that it goes and that it will spread. 
And if you've been as sort of nerdy about looking about where it's going at the moment as I, as I have, it has spread to Tennessee, that's to the, the west of, of Kentucky. It spread to Ohio, which is to the north, to Alabama, which is to the south. And there may be Christian colleges. My son didn't go there to do theology. He, he was a math uh, major. So there is a seminary there as well. But it's spreading and it's spreading and spreading. And people are starting to turn up in Wilmore. I believe they had to close Wilmore off because there were too many cars and then they opened it up again. And it's pretty cold down in that part of the world at the moment, probably about freezing. So people are standing outside and, and just worship springing up. And one of the things that I've, I've just been so humbled seeing is just the, the earnestness of it and them just crying out. There's, there's no hysteria. It's just getting right with God on their knees, just crying out to God. And that seems to be spreading. And I pray it does spread. Because a lot of the universities were started by Christians in this land as well. The university's education was founded under Judeo-Christian principles. And the world has taken that away. We've not. And so for it to spread, yes, to the from the West Coast to the East Coast of the, of the states. Why am I going on about the states? Because there is a pattern that what happens there then spreads. Yeah. And I believe it will spread. Yeah. You know, and what we see. So how passionate are we for crying out for our universities? You know, with the generation, it's the Gen Z people. Don't ask me to define the years for the Gen Z. But there are so many pressures on the, that age group of the students, the Gen Z. They are broken. They are misguided. There are pressures that we never ever face. There are pressures that, that our children never have to face. And yet God is taking this, this broken generation, and he's revealing himself to them. And let their hearts burn. Let them raise up. That there will come forth from there circuit riders and even missionaries to this nation to come forth and to light torches in this land to get our to get our, our young people out of all the gender confusion and all the gender propaganda from out of all the addictions from all all that is, is leveled against them god is calling it's too long there have been prophecies given about a Joshua generation arising forth, it's time. Yeah. It's young people, and because they are broken, they have no stability. You know, we're not in the first generation of fatherless or motherless. We've gone way beyond that. We're probably in about the third, fourth, or fifth generation of, of youth being unparented. And they're going to come in, and they're going to need. They're going to need parenting. They're going to need structure. And there's a film about to be released. Um, I just can't. Yeah, I know there's revolution in it. And it's it's the story of what took place on the West Coast uh, with the hippie movement, with the Jesus. And it, it's the story of uh, a longhead strapping up called Lonnie Crisby. And um, just the movement that went on there. This is for, for the old people. We remember some of these names. And how he went to this broken pastor, um, Chuck Smith, uh, because none of the churches would let these barefooted hippies into their churches. And Chuck Smith, uh, he took them in, and God used them mightily. And it feels the same again. 
that it's a different brokenness for the generation that they're looking for belonging. They're looking for that embrace that, that God has for them. And oh God, yeah, let it continue. And this is just trivia that Bob Jones, he's with the Lord now. He he prophesied there was a move of God in Asbury in 1970. And that was the same years, coincidentally enough, that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And they won it this year. <laughs> yeah. A few days before, it's not that revival is related to Super Bowl, but there are, there are coincidences that yeah. God, and God loves yeah. messing with us yeah. with things like that. <laughs> and uh, hallelujah. But yeah. It's God is pouring out on the generation. And um, in January, I started a, a year's course. Uh, it's, it's online and it's studying. It's called the Celtic Way. And it's studying the Celtic saints and the history of the Celtic people and how the Celtics changed when they came, you know, over to, as they, they moved over to the UK and Ireland and, and things like that. And firstly, the the earliness of, of of when they got here, you know, in, in biblical times, the uttermost parts of the earth, it was Western Ireland. You know, and our culture at that time was pagan and druids. And yet these people that God raised up, and some from three years old who were called the, the children. And uh, the phenomenal, they were wild. But what, what has um, touched me with, um, they, they had an utter passion and an utter devotion to him. There was a complete selflessness about them. And they had a love for the land. They had a love for creation. They had a love for people. And they had a love for meditation and silence. Often they would spend all night just in, in meditation about God and just the transformation that they brought to this land that, that still lasts uh, today. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's fascinating that they changed this nation. And are we any different? You know, God has, has made us the, the agents through he works to cause nation changing so what are you what are my prayers like mine don't match like folks you know is it like john knox <laughs> give me scotland or i die is it like evan roberts bend me lord that i might serve you the Celtics, the name they called Jesus was Saviour. They had a reverence and an awe. And things weren't written down because they felt if it was written down, they would lose it. So it was an oral uh, passing on. William Booth said, I'm not writing, waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. Yeah. The greatness of man's power is in the greatness of his surrender. Ooh. And I just, I was uh, in Pudsey all day yesterday at the, on the, the team at the Spirit Fair. And uh, I love doing the, the Spirit Fairs. And we were, we were a small team, but the minute the doors opened at 10 o'clock, 
we just minister to people all day long from 10 o'clock to 4 p.m it just it just went on one after the other after the other after the other and it was a complete privilege and we saw healings we saw giftings on people you know one lady that came she was great she had purple hair and she had these crazy patterned flowery boots and uh you know she 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 doesn't know jesus but that girl's an evangelist oh. and the words that we were speaking over her you know because of, of where we were i couldn't say to her you're an evangelist girl but she is but the words that we spoke into are planting and planting and planting but there are hidden evangelists there are hidden prophets there are hidden teachers that are yet to be brought forth in the in the universities in in anywhere and uh there were a lot of broken people there yesterday just a lot from bereavement and um yeah one lady uh in the, in the afternoon um a professional lady uh she was actually over the last year she'd uh split up with a partner lost her house lost her dog which is important and her, her granddaughter in australia had lost a baby and she was just broken and we were we were ministering to her and, and speaking to her and you could see she she was taking it all in and then there was just something that, that changed and and her she's a palliative care nurse so she was dealing with death each and every day as well and um I just said to her uh, what I felt was I said, can I, can I, can I hold you? And it's just the love of Jesus going round because she was so empty and she was whispering in my ears all that had gone on and saying, I've, I just, I've never grieved. She'd lost her mother as well, sorry as much. She'd, uh, she'd put it on hold and it's, it was, you know, we, we spoke into her life and, and told her who Jesus was and things. But the, the people out there are just as, as broken. Um, there was also a medium that somebody ministered to. And he, he said to the team we had, I wasn't on that one. He got clean spirits. <laughs> and then he gave them a word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's for the few people see all the people. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a, a privilege, you know, so that the people are, are open and they're there today. I believe John and Joe are on the screen this afternoon. And so, yeah, God is powerful. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I love reading about revival. You know, I've been to Nadwood. And so lots of you, probably all of you, to see Wigglesworth's grave. And I've had encounters there. I've had times where there's nothing happened. Yeah. I've been to Lacker with uh, Evan Roberts' grave. Yeah. I've been in, uh, in the chapel. I've been to, to Newburyport, Massachusetts, where George Whitfield is buried down in a crypt in, in the bottom, you know. And I've been to Brownsville, and others of you have been to Toronto, that you were saying, you know, to, to pick up uh, things. And it's not that you're... You're like a, a tornado, a storm chaser. You're picking up because it's you just want to be where God is moving, and that's what's happening down in in Wilmore, Kentucky. And 
I just want us, we're going to have communion again, because I really don't have anything more to say, because God's doing it, it's stirring up in us that hunger and making us cry out for him. And and look at uh, what your, your, let God convict you. My bread is a prophet's You know, the inheritance of the firstborn is a double portion. So we're having a double portion this morning of communion. And I'm going to I'm going to use my cup that I take my communion from. There is a while. More one. Yeah, because I didn't know you would do that. Yeah. So, um, when we've just got organized here, I will I'll ask Stuart if you can put up a song. Um, it's How Deep the Father's Love. And I find myself going back to the old hymns as well because of the theology because it's all about him it's all about him it always has been about him and so as this is playing you can sing i'll, I'll bring the elements round to you and just let the words let the words absorb the words that are being being sung over here from this and it is from that it's a celtic version so it'll surprise you and then i just want to to release a decree over us and this nation. There's going to be floods. Yeah, there's a to spill out. Yeah. And a really bad show. The floods, I'll break these up to make it. I did a lot of my hands last Wednesday. Just be aware I spilt wine. Yeah. When you pick your cup up, put your hand underneath it. Well, unless you want wine in your clothes. But just, it's a celebration of his goodness. It's a coming to him, for him to break us, to, to see, you know, that this, this nation was a missionary sending nation. Yeah. The revivals, the people in China, you can trace their roots back to Britons yeah. in, in the nations of Africa with Livingston yeah. and yeah. all the others. You can trace back the roots. And this nation, India, has lost its voice in that, but it's calling that back, isn't it? Calling the inheritance back for, the, for this nation and, and in us that we would be a, a, a partaker of that. So you can stand or, or, or sit, but just, there are no words on it as far as I know. But it's, uh, yeah. Just listen to the words in that room, because this is, the song is all about community. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 
His ability is salvation. It's overcoming the enemy. His ability is in outpouring forgiveness. And in Jesus, with Lazarus, his ability is over death. And in Jesus, the promise is fulfillment. And we are in his image. And Daniel tells us the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits that we would be a people that carry out great exploits and so i decree over this land of the united kingdom your sovereignty and your lordship this nation and its people belong to you lord god king of the universe you paid a price for this people through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare that this land is good and that the harvest of souls will come forth. You are Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of the angel armies. And we ask you to release your harvesting angels from the north to the south, from the east to the west, to the universities and the colleges, to the youth, to the churches, to the mosques, to the temples, that the name of the Lord will be magnified in this nation. He is able to deal with every sickness, every unsaved family member. He's able to deal with addictions. He's able to deal with mental health. He is able to deal because he is the God who is able. And so, if there's anybody that would like prayer, that needs prayer, I feel that the communion was almost a like a rededication of a coming, you know, but that's how it's me, I don't know. I just don't want he asked me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right.